Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by the Agency Sales System, the online course designed specifically to teach you how to build a rock-solid agency sales system inside your HubSpot CRM. Learn more at doinbound.com slash sales course. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. Welcome to episode number 62 of Inbound Sales Journey. This is Gray along with Ryan. Ryan and I are doing something new today. We are podcasting remotely, which is pretty usual for us, but we're doing it with our video on, which we usually turn off for bandwidth purposes, but today we have them uh, have them rocking and rolling. So Ryan's making faces at me right now. And speaking of faces, Ryan, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and say hello and also share a story of about, about a uh, relatively well-known, maybe not that well-known, but, but relatively more well-known than we are, face that you uh, hung out with yesterday. A semi-famous face. I'm really, I'm really impressed that you didn't crack right there. I was making some funny faces, or so I thought. You had the smile, but you held it together. I sure <laughs> almost didn't, but I did. Um, if you had to describe the person who you hung out with, well, I'll let you, I'll let you tell the story. I was gonna, I was gonna try and turn it into a guessing game, but I'll let you just tell the story. <laughs> he has approximately one and a half million followers on Facebook, so your odds of knowing him are marginal <laughs> uh, approximately 13 percent some might say no i uh so here's what happened we are we're recording this live usually we batch some episodes but we are doing this <laughs> we got to turn video off we're doing this uh we're doing it live or publishing the episode tomorrow so this literally happened yesterday i was at a wedding my wife and i went to la for the weekend which was fun Hung out with some college friends we haven't seen in a few years, which is great. And uh, we flew out of LAX. So naturally, classic LAX, I was like, Monica, which is my wife's name, do you think we'll see anyone famous? And she said, probably not. And she wasn't totally wrong. I don't know if you like how famous you would say this person is. But in the uh, the big presidential race of 2016, you have the, the well-known Donald Trump. And you Hillary don't think Clinton. Donald is that famous? The Donald, yeah. Infamous. I didn't meet. I didn't meet the Donald. Yeah, maybe more infamous than famous. Uh, but I did meet the third most popular candidate, Jill Stein. Psych. Gary the Man Johnson, which was pretty cool. So, I the story goes a little something like this. It's kind of kind of an exciting story. We're sitting there, my wife and I, enjoying some Starbucks as well as some frozen yogurt, and Gary Johnson walks off of a plane. So a little bit of insight into Gary Johnson, the man, not surrounded by an entourage of people, no security around. He did have a staffer with him and he is standing there. We make brief eye contact. I, I actually am a Gary Johnson supporter. I know we're not a political show, Gray, but I have been telling people for months that I'm going to vote for Gary Johnson. And so I have seen a bunch of his videos and recognized him and I was like, I nudged Monica. I'm like, do you think that's Gary Johnson? And she's like, I don't, I don't really know what he looks like. And I was like, yeah, you and apparently everyone else in LAX because no one was acknowledging his presence. So he sits down and I'm kind of staring at the back of his head. I'm like, I wonder if that's him. So I do the classic gray. I I'm like, I need one more look before I just try to like approach this, this potentially non Gary Johnson man. And so I take the trash. I walk to like the farthest garbage can get one more peek. And I'm like, all right, there's at least like a 50, 50 shot. This is him because the only time I've seen him is like on TV with makeup, you know, it looks a little different. So I told Monica, I was like, well, we're not going to not say hi, 
we got to go over there. And my wife is, I'm a little bit more like that. Like I'm okay doing that. Monica, not as much, but she was a team player. She walked over and I've never done this before, but I tapped Gary Johnson on the shoulder and said, are you Gary Johnson? And as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, yes. All right. He's like, yeah, I am. So he stood up immediately. Super nice guy. He was working on his iPad, put it down and said, hi, started asking us about ourselves. We chatted for maybe a minute or two, like pretty brief. Uh, but I told him he has our support in 2016. And then like a goofball, I didn't take a picture with him right away. And I was like, no one's going to believe this story. So we're walking away and I, and I was like, I should have gotten a picture. And so I went back for a second time, tapped Gary Johnson on the shoulder, bothered him and said, can we get a picture? So he was super gracious, stood up, went in for the old side hug and we got a good, uh, a good photo, which was uh, one of the highlights. Uh, the wedding was the highlight because a very good friend of mine, but uh, Gary Johnson was a, a good icing on the cake as we were leaving. A close second. A close the, second. To the marriage. Yeah. Pretty cool to see the, the presidential candidate you're about to vote for in 49 days. So that is, that is pretty nuts, especially randomly at an airport where you're not expecting it. Right. And like you could tell people were like looking at him, but no one – I also – like no one wants to uh, to go say hi to people that they're like – you know, I, it was a little nerve-wracking, but it was, it was pretty cool. Oh, the thing I want to draw from this though for all the libertarians mm-hmm. out there, all three of you listening, uh, I did think – so Gary was flying – I flew southwest with my wife. He was flying southwest. And I'm pretty sure, like, obviously, like, he's gotten probably a decent amount of donations. He could have chosen whatever airline, probably flown first class, whatever. But he was being, as he runs on the platform of, of conservatively uh, or financially conservative and just flying southwest like a very normal person, which was kind of neat to see. There you go. So, living it out, not just talking it. If you haven't figured it out by now, this is going to be a little bit of a random show. For Ryan and I, not that Gary Johnson's stories aren't the aren't the norm here on the podcast, but uh, Ryan and I have a couple of different topics that we wanted to jump into and hit on this week um, before we uh, before we roll forward with a little mini series that's coming up. We'll give you a little preview of that a little bit later on in this episode. But we had a couple of different things to mention. One, clearly, in order of importance, being the Gary Johnson story. Uh, not actually. We had a couple other things, though, that we wanted to hit on. So I'll give you the quick rundown of what we're going to chat through. We're going to chat through um, a sales call that I had earlier today and uh, one of the tools that I used on that call. We are also going to chat through the it factor. Does your salesperson or you as a salesperson have the it factor? And uh, number three, Ryan, there was a third thing, which I remember, and I'm wondering if you remember it as well. It was. I think the, it was related to my sales call this morning. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, it is should as an agency, you have the uh, kind of classic request an inbound marketing consultation or uh, schedule a, a free consult. And I I don't understand what is the deal behind the request to consult. Maybe I'm just not that literate, which is which is probably true. But request to consult, whatever that language means. So, anyways, those are the things we're going to talk, uh, talk about today on the podcast. Ryan, where do you want to kick this off? Hmm. Let's talk. It's fresh in your mind. Let's talk about your your sales call today, Gray. Okay. Which will lead us a little bit into what's to come for people. Wet the palate. You know what I mean? There we go. Wait a. We're not going to bury the lead here, folks. We're going to go right for it and and expose the uh, the hook right off the bat. Okay. So my sales call today. Um, jumped on a call. 
a uh, a woman out of Philadelphia, marketing coordinator at a company. Um, a great conversation went for almost an hour. This was uh, she had requested and scheduled the call. Um, read through the site coming through on a COS design interest um, call. So interested, they're already using HubSpot, interested in finding an agency who does HubSpot COS design. So we get on this call and we're starting to learn about her business and her situation and stuff. And um, basically what I did was walked her through, um, this is one of the ways, so a tool that we've built at Guava Box um, and then, uh, is available to other agencies um, to white label and use themselves as a tool called the inbound revenue calculator. Basically what we're trying to do is help um, users of that tool understand what impact inbound investing in inbound could have on their business. So what would be the ROI? Um, and it, there's a number of, of different uses for it, but that's, that's kind of the primary one. So we start walking through, start walking through it with her and I kind of give her like, Hey, here's these five input, um, Items Now, I don't always ask for those items, especially if we don't have the calculator pulled up in front of us. I don't always ask for those items, like give me your monthly traffic. So the, and the five inputs, basically, that we're looking for, what are you, what's your monthly traffic? How many leads are you generating through your website on a monthly basis right now? Out of those leads, what percentage of them are qualified? Um, from those qualified leads, what's the close rate of your sales team? Now, obviously, you could skip a step there and just say leads to sales, but... Um, but in uh, in a lot of in a lot of cases, it's kind of easier to break it up into two, and uh, and then what's the average lifetime value, customer lifetime value, um, for the folks who work with you? So we walked through, and it was a little bit roundabout gathering those, but basically got those numbers. And so that does a couple of things. One is it allows us to see really quickly um, with by by increasing. Basically, what we're going to wind up with is a conversion rate, visit to lead conversion rate percentage of qualified leads, uh, number of sales, or I guess we'll get number of qualified uh, opportunities or leads each month, number of new customers, and uh, um, basically that average customer lifetime value multiplied by that um, number of customers will give you what you're currently making through your inbound efforts or through your website right now. And then what we're looking at is, hey, if we were to increase the amount of traffic that you got or the amount of leads that you get, um, and obviously, you've got a number of different variables here that you could touch. Here's what uh, here's what that would mean to your business financially. So we walked through it, and that was most people we find when we go through this, especially with the calculator, it's helpful. Um, but they've never really thought about it that way, or like broken down the funnel into metrics that way. A lot of people think um, like I get. I'm, I'm generating, they don't have answers a lot of times if you ask them. Almost nobody is able to tell you right off the bat, like, here's how much money I make through my website. But when you break it down, a lot of times you can get to that point and, uh, and they'll kind of guesstimate in some cases or be able to go dig up that information. So it's really cool to walk through that and then help her understand. So she came in with a, with a pretty low budget. Um, and so there are a couple things that happened here on this call that I wanted to bring up. And illustrate, I mean, there's a million ways that this calculator has helped us out a lot during the sales process. But um, there's two things that were powerful today. One is budget-wise, uh, very budget-conscious, like like most organizations are at the beginning. And had no idea. But then when asked about what the potential ROI um, or what the what the end result of a, of a good engagement would be, um, her goal was really 
really pretty crazy for for what she was hoping to invest. Um, and so it helps really quickly to get to a point of like, well, hey, this is unreasonable. Like you want a hundred x return on your investment of a couple thousand dollars or you know whatever the case may be. So to get that um, identified and help help bring some sanity to the conversation, it's really helpful. But the uh, the other thing that's really helpful is it helps to understand and identify right away where there are major pain points. So in this case, uh, the amount of leads coming through for the number of, of website visitors was really, really low. So if I see like, hey, you're currently converting like 0.2% of your website visitors into leads, either you're getting really unqualified traffic or you're doing a really, really poor job of converting it. And so after a look through the site real briefly, you can see and in, in some of the analytics and, and know where things are coming from, you can identify really quickly, like, you're just doing a really poor job. There's no conversion opportunities on the site other than really bottom of the funnel stuff. And if we were to improve that, we're going to improve uh, what's going on in the funnel pretty quickly and give you the opportunity to start following up with these people and, and using lead nurturing and the, all the other elements of inbound that can make you successful. So that was the case this morning. I know I've been droning on here, Ryan, but uh, but basically it's a really helpful tool to identify where the shortfalls are, dig into those areas, and then help you identify what's what's the area where we're going to have the most impact right away. That was the longest teaser I've ever heard, Gray. That was a long tease. I still <laughs> I still haven't shared it. I was trying to share what we went through, and so the tease to reveal what's coming next. Dun dun dun. Um, we are going to do, uh, at some point here in the upcoming season, we're going to do kind of a mini season or a couple episodes walking you through how to use a tool like the Inbound Revenue Calculator. And you guys can use that um, right now through uh, through Do Inbound. If you go to doinbound.com slash inbound revenue calculator, you can use that version right now with your prospects or leads. And if you want them, they can download their results and share it with you directly. Um, but... But anyways, we'll we'll dive into that more. But I wanted to share that story from today just of how digging into those numbers, breaking it down from a big idea that most people don't have a clarity on, like how much money is our website generating for us right now, to the smaller pieces that go into that, which are is a lot easier to answer. It happens right in front of them. And then you're able to see where the low-hanging fruit is. That, can, that was really eye-opening on the call today. And... Um, and it's put us in a good situation now to continue that that conversation and close the sale based on the potential impact um, and the opportunities that we already know exist on the site. Hmm. Well, Gray, I picked option number one. Where do you want to steer this ship next? Let's transfer. So, yeah, we don't need to we don't need to spend any more time on this. Uh, I guess on this topic, if you guys are interested in learning more about that calculator, you can email me. Um, you can obviously check it out on the website, but email me at gray at doinbound.com or hit us up at support at doinbound.com and we can get you more information about that. Ryan, let's talk about a not so great prospect call. Mm. And let's talk about your, maybe, why don't you give us a quick overview of the call that you had earlier today? And then we'll talk about what caused that. And gotcha. uh, we can debate. Okay. So Gray and I uh, both had 
Gravabox calls this morning. You just heard out his went. Mine was a lot shorter and a little bit different. Uh, two. Well, we'll talk about the two pet peeves that I have, Gray, uh, with this in a second. I'll explain how the call went. So get on a call. Um, nice guy um, from the Boston area sharing with me a little bit about uh, his needs. And as we're talking, uh, first pet peeve, uh, I I was asking him, you know, how he came across Guava Box and, and found us, and he was passed our information from uh, from another agency. And uh, and that's great. We've done a lot about agency relationships, uh, but we've also talked a lot about how it's not always great to pass people bad leads. Um, and this is one of those cases. Yeah, this is one of those cases where it was like, oh, you know, thanks for the favor. <laughs> that wasn't really a favor. But uh, but now we talked. I talked with this guy, and uh, and basically he was kind of the classic no budget. He just started essentially in a multi-level marketing scheme, uh, and wanted to differentiate how he could acquire people underneath him and uh, and sell directly his uh, product um, to, uh, to different people. And he said a lot of people are going to door to door and yellow pages and he wants to be different and kind of right away, obviously I knew we're not going to be the right fit for what you're looking for and kind of explained to him the budget and how things worked. And he was like, yeah, I can't afford really any of that. And so anyways, it ended up being a shorter conversation. But when I talked gray with you after we started talking about, you know, why is it that people who aren't good prospects get on these calls and like, what do they expect? And what are the expectations? And why are we spending, you know, 20, 30 minutes, even still, you know, I spent, you know, he was a human being. I want to give him the, you know, the dignity of that and like hearing him out. And he, you know, he was a good guy, but it just really was a waste of my time at the end and in his time as well. So how do we negate that? How do we stop that? And, uh, and he wasn't a direct referral. I think it was more of a, a situation where the agency that handed him over to us, it was, it, it was less of, Hey, here's a direct connection and more of a, you know, instead of just telling him, you know, you really probably shouldn't be partnered with any agency. This is maybe some things to try on your own. Just said, Oh, we're too busy. We have too many clients right now. We can't deal with you. He asked, you know, who else is good out there I can talk to. And we were the reference that came out of that, which is nice, but not always nice, <laughs> you know, at the same time. So. Yeah. Ryan, as we were recapping that, that led into my quasi pet peeve slash rule that we're definitely violating at Guava Box right now, which is, I just have wondered about this for a while. Like, why do we have, and I think we've started to see some agencies go away from this more and more, which I enjoy and, and appreciate. But why do we all have this, hey, request your consultation, set up an IMA, um, call to action for people. Uh, and I know that the reason for so many people who are in the HubSpot ecosystem to have done that and other people, just because the easy thing to do is copy what other people have said and to follow what HubSpot's told us to do. The way I've seen people differentiate this, that I like it is like, Hey, sign up for a HubSpot review. And I can think of a couple of agencies who've done um, what seems like a nice job setting expectations for that. But, but really <clears throat> in our case, at least at Guava box, I'm going to speak from our own sins. It's pretty much just an open-ended like, hey, listen, there's no commitment on your side. You spend 30 minutes with us, and we're basically begging for a lead to work is what it what I feel like it works. Like we're not asking for anything from the prospect in advance. It's just come spend time with us. And then I think there can be some misalignment of expectations where it's like you get on the call, and all of a sudden our sales 
skills and experience have developed quite a bit over the years. And now we're like trying to flip the table back the other way and be like, no, we're actually in the driver's seat, even though this was uh, like something that we pitched not necessarily hard, but like we said, this is like a no commitment or like there's nothing crazy going on here. It's just a conversation to talk about your marketing. And we didn't really clarify at all. Like we are looking specifically for these types of businesses. So that might just be, I know it's not something that just we have done because I've had this conversation with other agency owners and have seen a ton of agency websites where it comes off as like, just jump on a call with us and we'll help you with your marketing for free. And then obviously that's a sales call, which, which I think people get and they understand that. But I guess what I wanted to bring up, Ryan, and see which side of the fence you're on is should we offer that IMA open and available on our website versus, um, Versus is that something that shows up during the sales funnel? So like someone gets the SQL stage or opportunity stage and that's where they start to see it. Or we just clearly delineate this is only for certain people. Or the other option is it just becomes much more specific. We always get better conversations and uh, and better, I guess, like initial lead calls when we have people who've come through on a specific form. Like someone who fills out, I want help with HubSpot or I want help with the HubSpot COS. Those are people who already know more. They've already proven they have a, at least a little bit of a budget if they have a software like that. So I think there's there's ways to get around it. But wanted to bring it up, chat it over with you, and, uh, and hear what the audience has to say as well. What are your thoughts? Well, there's definitely been good and bad things that have come out of it, right? So we've gotten good leads. We've gotten good customers um, through people filling out those forms and having a conversation and chatting with us about it. But there's been a, a lot of people like the conversation I just had where that's, you know, that's 30 minutes down the, down the drain of, uh, of chatting with them there. And I think what you just said is probably the key to it, getting more specific. So a general, you know, inbound marketing, you know, the IMA, uh, about marketing assessment that, that people have, like that can mean a lot of different things. And that get, tells you absolutely zero about what that person's actually interested in. And sometimes what happens, and this is kind of how the guy started the conversation today, he just said, okay, I'm going to let you do your thing and you tell me how you can help me before I knew anything about him and, and had a chance to really build a relationship and things like that. And I think that you're setting the expectation of, uh, you're, you're booking 30 minutes for me to tell you exactly how I'm going to fix your problems all within 30 minutes for free. And that's just like a not realistic scenario. And that's really not how it should be done. Um, you know, and so I think that that offer needs to be more specific and reserved for people who have earned it and earned it by coming through the site, taking actions, putting in their own time of researching that you can see to move down to the funnel to a marketing or a sales qualified lead um, instead of just having the, you know, right on the, up in the navigation bar of your website, you know, at any point click here for 30 minutes of our time um, to chat here because I just think that you're not going to get as good of leads or, you know, the other thing is if, if your content is really good, that should be like the first line of your sales process where people, where you start to help the, the prospect understand what they're getting into. And I think sometimes you get those people who are just really quick to click the IMA, but they come in and they just are so overwhelmed when they talk to you and just want you to like have this silver bullet that can be explained in 30 minutes. And that's, that's just not how it goes. So, uh, Help having your website educate them to the point where they're ready to have a conversation with you, I think is something that 
that is important. So, yeah, I'd agree. I guess it just comes back to the exact same thing that we keep saying over and over on the podcast, which is true in everything is just setting the right expectations and helping people know like this is a fit for me or this is not a fit for me. And cause I mean, that's definitely the worst result is like you wind up with people booking it, but they're not qualified. It's wasting their time, wasting your time. Mm. So just being more specific and being really targeted and explaining that to, to folks ahead of time. I think the other thing we could do also is, um, I think you're right about like the expectation that that got set with the initial messaging. And it, it, to be honest with you, I have not looked at our IMA page in a little while, which isn't, I don't think that that's a super public uh, call to action. Like it's definitely not promoted on the Guava Box site right now. But, um, but I think there's like the expectation that we're going to contribute significant value to you in that call, which is great. But a lot of times that call is like 80% the customer or prospective customer talking. And hopefully that's helpful for them to talk through. But like most of the value honestly comes a little bit later on in the sales process. Like there's a little bit of get to know you that has to happen before you can, if it's not relevant to them, it's not going to be that helpful even if you do give them great information. So um, yeah, I guess the takeaway from this is think through what you're presenting as a call to action in how you set up conversations with folks that are, uh, that are coming through inbound. Um, and, and I think that that is probably something that, that we need to take and practice ourselves to, uh, to improve the number of conversations that we have with the right people. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Okay. Two down one to go, Ryan, the it factor, the it factor. Tell me about the it factor. Great. I, I've been asked this a lot. Um, different agency owners uh, questioning, should I hire this person? How do I make these hiring decisions? And asking about the it factor. How do I know if someone has it? And this one is a funny one to me. Um, I remember when I first took the job out of college working for Ryan Homes in, in new home construction. And my trainer, um, we were talking about like how people were progressing through training. And she just said, you know, you're going to be fine. You've got it. And I was, I remember just being, I looked at her and I was like, what does that mean? You know, like, what, what, do, what do you, how do you know that I have it? What is it? Did and she just said, it means the ability to woo people with your awesome <laughs> acoustic guitar skills. <laughs> there you go. Correct. Wow. Bringing the guitar on podcast. Okay. That's all. Carry all on. Right. No, I can't play guitar. So that definitely wasn't it. I can't play any instrument. In fact, um, great. I'm still trying to figure out what it is. And this is what I think I have it boiled down to. Um, a good salesperson isn't it's not because they can completely change someone's mind into doing something you know like i think in sales you have that common misconception of that's what you're doing that's not what you're doing you're you're not trying to change someone's mind into buying something they don't need you're trying to help them you know get the solution that that is right for them and i think the it factor is simply like is this someone that you want to talk to that you can build a relationship with quickly uh, and that is good at building rapport. It's kind of like, you know, you think about, um, you go out with a group of friends at night and someone shows up late and they step out of the, their car. Like, are you really excited because they're going to make that time more fun? Like with friends or is that like, Oh, gray's here. Hey, <laughs> you know, but like, that, I mean, that's really, and I think that as someone who's hiring people, you should be able to get a feel pretty quickly. Like, even in, in that first couple of times of talking to them, like, 
are they good conversationally? But like, what is the general vibe as a human being that you're getting from them? Is this like a genuinely nice person that wants to help people? And, uh, is this someone you could be like friends with, you know, pretty easily. But, you know, I just think that people who aren't great conversationally probably aren't going to do that well in sales. Um, people who have obviously a low work ethic and, but those aren't things you can always tell right away, right? When you're hiring someone, but what you can't tell right away is what kind of impression am I getting? Is this someone that I'd like to hang out with? You know, is this, because that's the person who's going to connect well with people. And ultimately if you can't connect well with people, you're not going to be good at sales. So, yeah. I think it's that, like the art of, obviously you have to genuinely care about people, but the art of communicating that you care, which is uh, more challenging for some people than other people. Um, so being able to connect quickly with folks and communicate that you actually do care and are interested in whatever their situation is and improving that. It's, I don't know what it is, but it's challenging. It's really not an it, it's just... I don't know. It is hard to describe, but yeah, it really is just conversational, you know, and then being driven. Like that's the other thing that, and there is unfortunately a layer of, of risk. And I don't know with hiring someone because you can be great conversationally, but you can be lazy (laughs) or you can, you know, just not do the things that you need to do, be disorganized, things like that. And and that'll really kill you as a salesperson. So those are the things you really want to dig into in their past how have they proven that they are not that way? And I think when you're hiring someone fresh out of school, that can be tough. I really don't think grades are always the best representation of that. Uh, at least for me, they, they weren't. Um, but I think that you can, and the nice thing about salespeople is they have a, a past, they likely have quotas that they achieved or did not achieve. And you can see, okay, what, what were they actually able to do? So I think I'd put a good amount of stock into that as well and get a good idea of who you're, who you're hiring and bringing on. I think that's definitely true. That's what everyone's afraid of when they deal with salespeople is like this person's good at talking. No one's no one's afraid of the salesperson who's not a good conversationalist because it's like, mm-hmm. well, I just probably won't buy from you. Correct. But you're afraid of that salesperson who is a good conversationalist and doesn't have follow through. So that like if that it factors the conversational side of things and the ability to communicate that you care and connect with folks, then the strong follow through and execution is like that's the other side of the equation that needs to be there for someone to succeed. Yep. I like it. Need to, need to be a good listener as well. I mean, that's super important. Just yeah. a good active listener. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're young. Maybe we don't know what the it factor is. If you know what it is, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Ryan, let's go ahead and wrap this puppy up for this week, guys. A uh, little update for next week. Ryan and I are going to be taking the week off. As we are batching out and preparing uh, episodes for the following season, so season six, Gray, it is coming Can you up. Believe it, it's upon us. If you guys have topics you'd like us to cover, guests you'd like to hear, questions you'd like answered, personal problems you'd just like to vent about, not sure that those are welcome, but uh, but hey, it's worth a shot. Any Gary Johnson sightings? Exactly. Let us know. <laughs> Ryan is Ryan at doinbound.com. I'm Gray at doinbound.com. You are awesome for listening to this. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. 
If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.